We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how are we feeling right now? Man, I was screaming after that Karis bucket. I was seeing stars, but I think I was just looking at Karis LeVert. <laughs> I like that. I like that, Jack. Yeah. Karis LeVert with the game weather with 0.3 remaining on the clock. Nets win 112-110 over the Denver Nuggets in Denver. First home loss of the season. You know, you could argue this is one of the Nets' biggest wins in the last few years. It was really incredible. Three-game win streak, you know, over Philly, Phoenix, and now Denver. Very nice streak going for the Nets, Jack. How do you feel with this momentum? Yeah, I mean, we're coming up against the best team maybe of all time, and I'm, I'm feeling like we can take it almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think just the consistency across the board, Nick, we sort of talked about, you know, showing energy on both sides of the floor. And, you know, there was a, a, it was hard to sort of gain any sort of ascendancy with the way the officials were calling the game, but the Nets just kept at it. And, you know, as we were sort of sliding into each other's DMs, the Nets just kept attacking, kept attacking. The three-point shot wasn't falling. That's fine. We, kept, we attacked the rack put guys in foul trouble, and it was just uh, one of those nights where, by the end of it, the character Flaver just stood up in, in, in the clutch moment and put the ball in his hands, and he just keeps doing some insane things. And, um, I mean, has the All-Star vote started yet? Because I think I've got to put about a million votes in for, for your boy. Yeah, no, for sure. Definitely got to get him in the All-Star game. He was big. Not only did he have the game-winning bucket, but he had a beautiful bounce pass with one hand to Jared Allen to tie it up, too. I mean, it was an incredible game. Levert also great defensively on Gary Harris, and that was huge because Harris only shot 1 of 11. You know, obviously, uh, Nikola Jokic had a big game, 37 and 21, but Jared Allen got his against him, and he missed a couple layups, too. And we talked about it a little bit, too, is 28 of 42 from the free-throw line. It would have been nice to kind of hit some more free-throws, but, you know, we love these big wins, and it's just really 
really nice to see the team. And, you know, you mentioned the kind of grinding it out. We advocated for that. I, I can't remember which show it was. We had Zach on, and we were talking about how the Nets need to kind of grind out games, grind out games. You know, first quarter, everything was going well. Second and third and fourth quarter, they really grinded out, got to the free throw line, got in the paint, even when they weren't getting the calls. Yeah, I'm starting to trust this team, Nick. Obviously, you just have that faith and confidence in them now. And, and they're proving it in these moments, and they're, they're earning that trust from Coach Kenny and, and, and from the fans alike. You know, those sort of heartbreaking losses that we experienced earlier in the season. Um, it's not the, to say they're a thing of the past, but they're now sort of putting that behind them and going, okay, these are the wins that we want to get. And you could tell they were desperate for it. Um, and it was all down to, you know, our three young guys. I think a lot of credit needs to go to D'Angelo Russell. Um, I guess the bank is open on Denver in Denver on, on Friday night. <laughs> uh, bit of a lucky shot, but, you know, you take it on, on any day of the week. It was just happened to be our night because, you know, some of the calls weren't going our way. Some of the calls weren't going Denver's way. And it was nice to finally have one of those nights where it favoured us because it's happened so many times in the past where uh, the ball went the wrong way for us and it went against the, uh, in our opponent's favour. Yeah, and you mentioned D'Angelo. I thought he was very good. You know, he just had that good vibe to him right from the start. A couple really patient plays, just playing his game. Also defensively, he did a great job fighting all game. You know, that's one thing we talked about a little bit. He's improved this year, poking out a few steals too. You know, I love the deflections. I love the energy we saw from him all over. Nice to see Damari Carroll back out there too. And he had a couple big plays drawing, you know, his his uh, patented foul calls, you know, draw where he's getting in there, going right at his defender and gets a call from the ref. You know, it's good to see him out there. Yeah, it, it provided us with a lot of uh, – it was just nice. I spoke about it in my piece, Vanessa Public, in the preview, about how it just allowed Jared Dudley to sort of spurs his minutes across, sparse – Coach Kenny to sparse his minutes across those sort of two, where they could sort of just split it a little bit and have two steady heads out there. You know, Tamari can make the three, he can blank those plays. Um, and his two early sort of plays, you could tell he was a little bit jittery, but he got his feet very quickly as the vet does. And he's just able to do, make the right plays on both ends of the floor. And, you know, when Rondé showed it some over exuberance, he made a couple of nice plays every now and then. But it's nice to have that, have that depth in our rotation now, obviously. Um, what did you think, obviously? Was it. His return, Nick, that you thought um, saw Shabazz Napier see uh, no time on the court tonight? Uh, maybe, but I also think it was a little bit of matchup. I think Chris Carino mentioned this on the broadcast. Denver really plays with big lineup. There wasn't really anybody out there that Shabazz could guard. As I felt like they probably just went to Mario. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Shabazz tomorrow against the Warriors. I think it's more of a matchup thing and also probably maybe depends on Alan Crabb moving forward and Rondé, you know, how they play and where Carroll's going to get his minutes. Is the guard spot or is the forward spot? Yeah, I think you, I think matchups is is perfectly and a perfectly adequate excuse, um, and not that there, there needs to be an excuse for it anyway. But um, I, I was just so pleased on both ends of the floor. Jared Allen, um, it, he's growing. All these guys are just growing right before our eyes. I've said it a million times, but it's this thing that we're building internally. I, I think is causing a massive buy-in from Nets fans and everyone surrounding the organization. Um, yes, we want these you know uh, illustrious free agents or whatever, but. It, it, there's an element of, I don't know, internal, something internally that makes it more satisfying seeing guys like Levert, Allen, D'Lo, Dinwiddie, all these guys have their massive moments on the biggest stage. And against probably, you know, when we did our power rankings pod for OTG, which will be out soon, you know, they were the, one of the top teams there. And for us to do that, I wasn't confident, obviously, because the Denver Nuggets are so talented, but uh, our young guys have just continued to prove it night in, night out. 
Yeah, and they play as a team. That's one thing. I think the chemistry is just different. Even maybe from early in the season, you know, obviously from last year as well, they're playing harder together. Defensively, you're seeing the rotations. They kind of have a better idea where each other are going to be. Passing-wise, the turnovers aren't there. Another game where they win the turnover battle, you know, they only had eight turnovers, 12 for Denver, who did a good job protecting the ball in the second half. But, you know, you got to be happy with that. And that's what they did is they gave themselves a chance with two minutes remaining, and they made the plays at the end and really pulled it out. And I think this is something where last year we saw them lose all these close games. Now they learn from that experience and they're able to capitalize, like you said, Jack, on one of the top five teams in the league and maybe the second or third best team in the West so far this year. Yeah, I would easily say the second best team in the West. You could make an argument for Houston and Utah on their day, but based off current form, they've been absolutely sizzling, despite the fact of that loss in Memphis, which they did just lose as well, but they've been absolutely awesome this season. So for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, a, a slightly, you know, um, play, uh, maybe a slight playoff chance for our team, as we've sort of spoken about in previews and, and the media alike. But for us to do that against one of the best teams in the NBA, it gives you, it should give you the, the team a heap of confidence going forward. And, you know, uh, if Steph Curry's out against Golden State, who's, who knows what could happen, but I think I might be out as well. Yeah, I think so. You you look at all those sort of things and momentum is a huge thing in basketball. You have to capitalize on it. But uh, this is going to be, who knows, when we look back in a couple of years' time and Carol Sabert is a bona fide all-star and Jared Allen is, well, he already is probably one of the best defensive centers in the league. But uh, we look back on this and we could have said, well, that Denver game was where it all began. Yeah, Jack, you mentioned playoffs. Have, has your thoughts changed at all, you know, so far on this three-game win streak? Obviously, we saw two blowouts, one against Philly, one against Phoenix, and now Denver winning a close game in Denver, which is incredibly hard to do, even not just this year, the past few seasons. To pull this out is a really nice win. Has it kind of changed your mind on the playoff chances for the Nets at all? Yeah, it has a little bit, Nick. Um, obviously, uh, the, the, they're exceeding my expectations already. I know if we're sort of we're a bit yin and yang, in, in, so to speak, when it comes to being high and low on our nets, because I like to temper expectations so I can be pleasantly surprised, which I have been more so uh, this season than any other. But yeah, if you're going to keep proving this, and when you have a guy like Karis Levert, who is proving himself to be a top 50 whatever player not can't even put a number on him right now because he's just there's just so much intangibility so many intangible qualities that he has i just can't explain how good he can be that's where you go from being a good team to a very good team and obviously we want to be a great team but we're on the right steps because you know we've been a mediocre team um, when we sort of started this buzz but now we're making the right steps and you know the coaching staff the development uh, deserve a lot of credit but i think our players deserve it more than anything because they're the ones going out there and they're executing they're putting it and they're making a name for themselves and for for our team of brooklyn and i think you know, obviously, it's still very, very early days, but uh, it's nice to be above. Are we at 500 now, I think it is? Yeah, six and six. So when you, if you're at 500, I think, coming into the season, you might even stay in the seventh spot. And when you're talking about teams like you know Detroit and Charlotte, the Nets are in as good form as, as any of those guys, and even Miami as well. So I think it's going to be striking while the iron's hot because we do have a, a really tough late season run, again, as we mentioned in our, our season preview. Um, so I think it's going to be about make, banking these wins, you know, winning those close ones when you can, winning the ones at home, winning the ones that you should. Um, I don't want to see these sort of disappointing losses, but thinking about right now, yeah, the Nets are, are exceeding my expectations. Um, are, are you sort of on the same sort of tactic? Yeah, I think they probably have exceeded my expectations. You know, I expected them to be a little bit better than you, I think, when we did the previews. But I think one thing is they're already kind of getting there, and they're only going to get better as the season progresses. 
You know, they're such a young team, which we've touched on. You know, Jared Allen's going to get better. Karis LeVert's going to get better. D'Angelo Russell's going to get better. Same thing for Dinwiddie, Joe Harris. You can make an argument for a lot of guys on this team. We've yet to see the best basketball from them. And obviously, Kenny and his staff are known for developing guys. And they're still growing as well. So I just think there's a lot of growth left for this team. And I think just getting this type of momentum early in the season against, you know, good teams, even the losses they had, talking about that Pelicans loss and that Detroit loss that we brought up a couple times already, and even the Warriors loss, you being able to compete with these good teams, it just sends positive vibes to the players and the entire organization. It does. And, you know, the, those sort of qualities reverberate across the entire team and you sort of take those with you. You know, Sean Mark spoke on the Woj pod. He's like, you know, we don't take moral victories, but we like to look at the positives in any sort of situation because we're building something here and we need to focus on the more positive side. And there's plenty of positive to take from tonight's performance. But uh, Nick, was this D'Angelo Russell's best performance of the season? Where does it rank for you just off the top of your head? Mm, I, I would say this is maybe his best all-around performance because yep. defensively I just felt like he was really, really engaged in trying to stop Jamal Murray. Like, I don't know if those guys have a relationship, but there was just something into this game right from the start. He wanted to go at Murray. He wanted to defend Murray. He saw that 48-point game. He's like, All right, I'm going to show him what's up real quick. And he had a good game, like you said, Jack, 23 points, five assists. He really just, like, controlled the flow of the game, too. It just was very, like, I don't know how to explain it. You could just feel D'Angelo throughout the game. Yeah, he had this aura about him that we sort of know that D'Lo can have. He has that star quality. And this is one of the games we proved it on both ends, you know. Um, I hate to say it, toot my own horn. I predicted the backcourt battle was where it would be won because we know Nikola Jokic was going to get it done because he was going to have a bounce back game, obviously, after only taking one shot against Memphis. And he did have his own. But, you know, our backcourt, Harris and, and D'Lo, absolutely thoroughly outplayed Harris and Murray. And, and for me, that's a huge positive going forward because those two guys have been touted to be, you know, a, one of the young budding backcourts of the future. And it's nice to sort of, you know, low-key have one of our own. But uh, Jared Allen, you know, registering five, I think. I think one of the blocks for his career high of six was uh, taken away. Nick, Those haters out in Denver. <laughs> I mean, the, the, obviously, it was clearly the, the, um, the, the scorekeepers there. But where does this performance, I mean, in a similar vein, a performance rank for you for Jared Allen this season? Because he didn't rebound the ball, you know, phenomenally well. But, man, he made some plays. Yeah, as a rim protector, this is probably obviously one of the best performances of his career. He even had a couple shots. Uh, Paul Millsap tried to dunk on him. He blocked the shot, and it just happened to bounce in. You know, I think there's his job as a rim protector was great. I won't say it's one of his best games ever because I think there's a couple plays Jared would probably want back, you know, a couple missed free throws, a couple missed layups, and a couple times where Yoka just kind of got him. But at, from a rim protecting standpoint, one of the best I've seen from Jared Allen and the best I've seen from Annette in a long time. I think this new sort of style of NBA, we obviously saw the ridiculous amount of free throws that both teams took tonight, sort of favors the less sort of bulky guys. And yes. Jared Allen's footwork, he's, his precision around the rim, his decision-making, we talked about his just engagement and sort of knowing when to hedge, when to sort of hang back a little bit. That was one of, for me, one of his, it was one of his more intelligent nights from the field. Uh, on both ends of the floor. You know, he made some, you know, really big offensive plays. Um, that dunk against Jokic was just outstanding. One of one of the best players of his career on the offensive end uh, quite easily with, you know, that Laurie Markin and dunk. But, you know, those blocks, you know, to register five blocks, I think um, it was Sarah Kustok who mentioned he's the best defensive rim protector in the league today. And, you know, that's saying something from a guy who is, um, I'm not sure if there's Jason Tatum fans listening, but 20 years old, guys. <laughs> Yeah, no, and Jack, to touch on another thing you mentioned, the footwork, 
Jared Allen's ability to roll so quickly to the rim on pick and roll got into the free, free throw line at least three or four times. You know, you saw Gary Harris try to grab him up a few times, a couple other the Denver defenders. So I thought that was really important as well. And you mentioned the intelligence he had defensively to really be aware on the floor and where to help his teammates. And knowing that Paul Millsap's not a huge offensive player, maybe like he once was, and he's kind of taken a step back in Denver, he kind of helped a little bit more tonight than what we're used to seeing. So I was really impressed from what we saw with Jared Allen. Yeah, I really liked that final play where Jared Dudley showed, you know, some real savvy veteran leadership and sort of decision-making to sort of create the double down low. We've sort of advocated for that in the past when Jared Allen has come against guys like Enos Kanter, Vucevic, Dwight Howard, and that sort of forced the turnover, forced Nikola Jokic to make that travel. And I think if you have a guy like him, Damari, out there, it certainly helps and then some for a guy like Jared Allen because, you know, he can only do so much. He has all the qualities in the world to be an absolutely elite big man. But, you know, he's still growing and learning and and growing his footing in today's NBA. So what were your thoughts on that sort of final defensive play by Dudley? Yeah, pretty much exactly what you said, Jack. Having a vet out there, I think I saw something either the last game. It's not the Nets are only playing harder. They're playing smarter. And that was something that was very apparent tonight, playing against a Denver team. Also, probably props to the coaching staff for scouting. Obviously, the Nets had a few days off between games, and it felt like they were well-prepared for this one. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Ed Davis. I know the numbers aren't there, and he fouled out. But his physicality on Jokic definitely kind of helped the game and just definitely annoyed the Nuggets a little bit. And I like what he brings every single night. Yeah, he's literally – I can't remember who put put out there, like, um, someone was the best backup um, center in the NBA, and it wasn't Ed Davis. And I'm just like, put some respect on the guy's name. Um, Ed Davis doesn't do the, the offensive things that a guy like Enos Cantor or Jonas Valanciunas can do, but Ed Davis is the most physical, you know, offensive rebounding machine. I believe he leads the team in defensive rating. The, broad, the, the Yes Network broadcast uh, was saying as well. So when he is out there, he just adds immense value to this net squad. And to be able to have a front court duo of him and Jared Allen for this season and hopefully next season, um, I, I put out on Twitter that I just think that the way that this, this net team is progressing and gelling, like we mentioned at the top, Nick, I'm all for just running this thing back and seeing how things grow, similar to what Utah and Denver are doing, you know, adding maybe some little pieces here and there. Um, obviously, you know, contract statuses, you know, will be what they will be. But for me, just this immense growth that we've shown just 12 games in um we didn't expect it and you know it's going to be a work in progress but uh the early signs are certainly positive yeah and what it does at the very least jack is even if they you know they want to try to swing in for agency oh it doesn't work out they don't get quiet they don't get katie or someone big who they're looking for no big deal we'll resign our players kind of go with this get some flexible contracts moving forward they're in great shape you know, I think Sean Marks deserves a lot of credit for the team he's created, the talent he's gotten there, and the ability for a lot of these guys to grow that maybe weren't highly scouted. You know, talking about a Karis Avert, a Jared Allen, both getting in the 20s, and then obviously Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, getting guys that, you know, weren't getting loved around the league. And basketball karma, who knows, Nick? If we're, you know, obviously the lottery odds are flattening out. Who knows? We could get one of those Duke big three with the flattened odds, and, you know, Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett in a Nets uniform would be pretty fun, but for right now, looking at what we have, it's it's certainly incredibly promising. And um, I think what's taking us from being like, you know, a good, uh, from being an average team to being a good team, like we spoke about earlier with Carol Savert, you know, ascending, but you have to have, you know, good, 
to very good players, to elite players on all lines and in different facets of the game. Ed Davis is an elite rebounder. Joe Harris is an elite perimeter shooter. And Jared Allen is an elite rim protector. If you have elite players in your organization, you're going to get wins when you shouldn't. And tonight, against the, uh, a highly favored team of the Denver Nuggets, those guys made plays where they allowed us to get the win. You know, Joe Harris is just a walking bucket. Um, and yeah. I want him to... Joe Harris had to... some low-key, really nice moments in the game, especially when it was late in the game where he got the offensive rebound, he came in, then he got the and one. That was beautiful, and Joe Harris just provides those things, like you said, Jack, and just having these players along the roster. also thought it was big that they actually have a good bench unit. You know, they don't always play great, but they have players in that bench unit that are very good. I think Spencer was a little bit, uh, you know, pressing early on. You know, he played college ball in Colorado, so obviously he wanted to kind of show up. He kind of calmed down a little bit in the second half. But having guys that come off the bench, and to be honest, like, I eventually expect Alan Crabb to start playing pretty good. Maybe he won't play great this season, but I think at some point he'll be pretty good or at least, you know, average to what his numbers are. And when they get that, that's going to be a big boost too. Yeah, I mean, to say that with having one of our you know, more highly paid players barely scraping the surface of what he can produce on the floor is saying something. And yeah, the depth, I mean, makes all the difference, especially when you're on the road. And it reflect, it's, it's reflected in this road trip against Phoenix and Denver. Who knows what could happen uh, against Golden State. But, you know, it's, it's game by game. It's step by step. And the Nets are building something here. And, and I'm glad that we're buzzing right now because uh, it's an awesome feeling. Yeah, it is. It is great to talk about the Nets with you, Jack, after a big win like that. And like you said, the depth, like, look at the minutes tonight. They're very well spread out, and they have a back-to-back tomorrow. So if somebody has to play bigger minutes tomorrow, no worries. Yeah, you mentioned Shabazz Napier. You know, if Karras or, or Spencer or D'Lo aren't feeling it, they're a little bit lethargic or they're not showing it out there. We have a very ready-made point guard in, in Shabazz Napier to chuck out there. You know, Damari Kell's getting his footing again. Jared Dudley, you know, if Ed Davis is going to be back, you know, if Jared Allen is a little bit lethargic. So just having this this depth is just, we spoke about it. I think it's probably one of the strong suits. And I think a lot of NBA, you know, media heads realize that as well. And I think uh, it's nice to see our Nets getting, you know, the kudos they deserve from people outside of Nets food up because um, it's just... We know they deserve it. We know how good this team can be. And they've just, for Carlos Levert to have two game winners already, I mean, this is the stuff that, I mean, Spencer Dillon did it last season. Carlos is just, uh, he's making a name for himself. I, I think, shout out to Flatbush in Atlanta for one of the best tweets of the season with, um, I think he said, um, a, a hashtag a star is born at Carlos Levert because that was just beautiful and it's just awesome to see. Yeah, it is beautiful, and obviously we've been uh, two guys that have been super high in Karras all the way from last season. Now, I remember talking about All-Star last year, and I know some people were like, oh, Karras and All-Star, and there was a lot of hate over the summer and last season, like, oh, he had a bad game, he wasn't going to make it, and you've seen the work he's put in this year, not only with just the, the physical assets of his game, but the freaking uh, mental aspects of his game have really ascended him to another level, and I've been really impressed and just happy for him to take another step and to see what he can do moving forward. But talking Golden State real quick, Jack, you know, Steph Curry's already out for that game. We said Draymond's probably a question mark. How do you feel about the Nets going to Golden State? Obviously, they were just smacked by the Bucks, so that kind of hurts a little bit too. Yeah, they're going to be looking uh, to have a revenge, a bounce-back game. So I'm not ridiculously high, but to, we were sort of talking about when we were previewing the, the Nuggets and just the road trip in general, if we could get one of the wins, we'd be happy. So I'm more than happy right now. I'd just like a decent showing to bring some momentum when we head back home to Brooklyn to Barclays because, you know, you want to carry, you know, winning habits with you. It doesn't necessarily have to reflect on the, the scoreboard, just creating those winning habits. You're doing the right things on and off the floor. And I think we've got 
all the players there from top to bottom, from, you know, the, the young rooks to all the way up to the vets. Um, we're creating the right things and the culture. Everything is, um, it, it's all building. I'm, I'm using all these hashtag buzzwords, not part of my French, part of my puns, <laughs> um, but it's all just working right now for our nets. And hopefully we can put in a good show, but I don't give us the best chance because it's the Golden State Warriors, Nick. I mean, come on. Yeah, the one thing that maybe there's some slight hope is that Curry's out and if Draymond's out, the energy's not high. We saw them in the last two couple seasons go into these stints where they kind of play bad for like two games and they're just kind of like, oh, we don't really care. It's not the championship or the playoffs. So maybe they can kind of pull one off on the road. Similar to what we said going to the Denver Nate game, you know, for some of the other guys to beat you. You know, early in this game, they had Craig shoot a lot of threes. I think uh, Morris came off the bench and he knocked yeah. down a lot of shots. But, you know, you'd rather see those guys beat you than, you know, we're going to go and say you don't want to see Clay drop 50. You don't want to see KD drop 50. You know, if somebody else off the bench wants to put up a lot of shots, Kavon Looney or, you know, somebody like that or McKinney, you know, it's whatever. They beat you, they beat you. Yeah, I think that's one area where we probably haven't given enough credit to our guys. Um, the defense is just grown dramatically and it's not just through what we've done on the floor I think it's just through execution and through IQ knowing when to switch you know there were just times and I think the communication out there on the floor I think you spoke about chemistry earlier I think that reflects in how you switch and being able to speak to guys being able to get on them and stuff and you know Karis LeVert who you mentioned in you know one of your tweets you know his you know increased IQ knowing where how to hedge on the the pick and roll knowing how to fight through the screens um, we're getting a guy who's Oladipo-esque on that in terms of being able to prove it on both ends of the floor. Very different players, but both immensely talented. Yeah, two-way ability is something that I love in players, and I think Harris has displayed that he has the potential to be a very good two-way player in this league. You know, we've seen offensively, we've seen it defensively, and the other guys are improving that area as well. So just been super happy what we've seen so far. Jack, any last thoughts you want to get in there? Uh, who knows what can happen against Golden State, Nick. If we beat them, then, you know, the sky's the limit. But right now, the sky's pretty much already the limit. So let's keep up with these nets. You know, keep one game at a time. Um, insert whatever cliche you want, but I'm loving this season already. Yeah, no, it's been incredibly fun so far this season. And Jack, always a blast talking nets with you. Thank everybody for listening. Check out the show on iTunes, Bob Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Also be sure to check out otgbasketball.com and Nets Republic for a lot of great content. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.